Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Troubled waters, none compare. 
somewhere far away ministering to some other children but tonight we are privileged we are happy to have him in our midst ladies and gentlemen i want you to make some noise clap your hands join me let's welcome our pastor our father bishop Can somebody clap his hands, her hands, a louder hand clap. What a blessing to be back here. What a blessing it is to be home. What a blessing it is to see all of you. What a blessing it is to fellowship with the family of God again. Clap your hands and let's bless the Lord. And it's a blessing to always go out on God's mission and return to see you looking well-fed, looking fresh, looking well and blessed. And I want you to help me to appreciate our pastor, Bishop Corby. For being with us day in, day out, ministering both in front of us and behind the scenes. Clap your hands and let's appreciate 
the blessings of God. I believe that through such leadership, God is raising young men and women who are watching, observing, and participating in the kind of leadership that God expects us to bring on board in the church. A church, once it's a gathering of human beings, whether black, yellow, brown, or white, needs leadership. Not just people who teach scriptures. And I'm very excited that leaders are emerging from amongst us. And it is my desire that even more leaders will arise. And those who are in leadership positions in the church will be even deeper in the anointing to lead. The Bible says that in the last days, many people will go to the priests and beg the priests that we have seen that God is with you. Rule over us. A day is coming People will not place any emphasis on politicians or university lecturers or CEOs of multinational companies or managing directors of local companies. A day is going to come when people will be knocking on the doors of pastors not looking for money not looking for rice. There may be even no money in the nation, but they will not be looking for money. But they will say that we have seen that God is with you. Be thou a ruler over us. And I am believing the Lord that women, men, boys, boys and girls will offer themselves as vessels of leadership to learn how to lead small groups, one person, two people, and ultimately move into leading large crowds for the Lord. So it's a blessing to be back. And I want us to appreciate Bishop Kobe again. For being our leader and our pastor. And I believe that God is going to bless us even tonight. Amen. And uh, I, 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 I want to also, uh, with excitement, announce that by the grace of God, we have with us Episcopal sister, Bridget Marion Emuna Ogo. I think I want to welcome her to bring us a word, a greeting 
Clap your hands for her. Yes, please have the microphone. Please bring us a word. So now we don't call her Lady Pastor. We don't call her LP. We don't call her Lady Reverend. The title is ES, Episcopal Sister, Bridget Marian Emuna Ogo. So let's hear the first words from an Episcopal Sister. I think Makane doesn't have any Episcopal Sister. This is our first by marriage, yes. Yes. So please. Hallelujah. It's, it's a blessing, hallelujah. It's, it's a blessing I, I don't feel worthy of. And I want to first of all thank my father, the bishop, presiding bishop, my prophet, my teacher, um, somebody who has loved me for close to 30 years. He has done things for me that nobody has done. He taught me in many ways how to be who I am now. I mean, I'm a work in progress, but one of the blessings that God has given me personally is that every time I am in a knot and in a straight place, God has, Bishop Doug has showed up in my dreams to give me directions. Every time. Every time. Every time. And so, it's, I, I know that God has given me an angel over my life in the person of Bishop Doug. There's nothing that I do that merits me being you know, made uh, an Episcopal sister. I don't know why he would make me an Episcopal sister. It's not because of anything I've done. I'll just put it down to love, pure and simple. Somebody who just loves you. And so wherever you are, Daddy, I want to say thank you so much for just loving me. There's so much that he has done for me. He has taken me to places I would never have gone to. I mean, one day I was walking at the Kodesh, and then he just was passing, and then just stopped his car and said, it's um, um, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams' wife's 50th birthday. And he said, Bridgman, I hope in the car, let's go for the party. I mean, as I was sitting there, I was just like, what on earth would bring me to Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams' house for his wife's 50? I mean, my, the, the, the dress and crowd was not working, but it didn't matter to him. He just said, hop in the car, let's go for a party. And I just went. And time and time and time and time again, he has been there for me. 
when my son was got knocked down by a car and my husband just called him when we got to the hospital a few minutes after he was right there when by the time my son was brought out of the x-ray room he was there and he lifted up his hand and he prayed over him and said that lord do a work that would be surprising. Let his healing be quick. And I tell you, everybody, including the doctors and everybody, was surprised at how quick my son, you know, recovered. This is the kind of man that we save. That we save. And somebody who, who loves you. Not because you are any, like if you know me, you know that I'm not any proper person. But somebody who still loves me all the same. I mean, he has taken me to places I have no business going to. I mean, what am I going to do in a place like Sri Lanka? You know, but he would just take me. Not because I'm going to do anything, but he would just take us, you know. And so it's a blessing. I don't take it for granted. I really want to thank God for the privilege I've had for the past 19 years serving Episcopal Sister Adelaide Heward Mills for 19 years. You know, that has been my life. If somebody asks me, and people ask me, you know, usually, what is my job? My job description is that I'm a servant, pure and simple. I don't know, I mean, how else, you know. And some of you, if you are asked to serve somebody, you would not do. But just by carrying somebody's handbag, ironing somebody's dress, polishing somebody's shoe, I have traversed the world across by just serving. And that's mommy, wherever you are, thank you. Like I said, you know, on the day of my consecration, like she carries me around like a handbag. I get dusty, I get broken. She has never discarded me and thrown me out like, you know, I have no use for you again. I've bought a new handbag. No, new handbags come and go. But this old handbag of 19 years is there, you know. Even if I'm not taken to the market, even if I'm not taken to the church, I'm still a handbag that is just sitting. My owner has not changed. I'm still there. Hallelujah. And I'm really grateful. There's so many things that Aunt Mami has taught me. I mean, how to even be a lady. It's how to speak as a lady. That is the one that is not coming yet. But it will come. The things are coming small, small. But I have, I mean, she has, I mean, there were many things that my mother never taught me. Obviously, because my mother didn't know. And I'm sure that many of you ladies here, you don't know that when you are dressing, you don't combine silver and gold in your jewelry. Yes. But I would get to the office and that mommy would look at her. Ah, PM. Why? And I'm thinking that, what is why? You know, uh-huh. But she has to speak in capital letters. Hey, Dama. You know, or sometimes she would say that you don't mix prints. You know, if you are wearing a, a skirt and a top, only one of it must have prints. If the bottom is print, the top must be plain. I mean, these are things we are not taught in school. These are things that nobody teaches you. 
you know, sometimes you say that, hey, what type of dry pony that is coming here with the Hamatan, you know. But she has been concerned about every aspect of my life. You know, taught me many years ago we'll be traveling. Then she would tell me that the fact that you are going away doesn't mean that you cannot mother your children. Call them. Speak to them. Every day after school, call them. Speak to them. Ask them, how was school? Don't say, oh, I have traveled. So when I come back, I will come and find out. She has really taught me and been a blessing. And therefore, I thank her. I want to thank my beloved. I tell you, in ministry, I have been around for a bit. And it is not everybody who gets the privilege to be given a microphone in her husband's church and to be given an opportunity to do something or to say something or to even make friends. But even though this is not, which Bishop Kobe doesn't like me to say, this is not my church, my primary church. <laughs> I, I am really a part of this ministry. Because he has made me a part of a ministry. Hallelujah. Therefore, Bishop Ogo, thank you so much for all the years of loving, of caring. He's been my pastor, my counselor. You know, he has been very kind to me. I've learned how to be a Christian by being with him. Sometimes I just shake my head at some of the things that he does. And I, I see that. I cannot do. But if he can do, then I have to try to do. Yesterday night, I was talking to um, LP Lorena. I said to her that today we have to start to press and praying because some of the things that he was telling us that he was going to do, Lorena and I looked at each other and we said that we, we are not called to do that. But I thank God for a husband who is a Christian, you know, not just a Christian in word but a Christian indeed. And um, I want to say thank you so much. And Makane Church, I wanted to say thank you on that day. But convener says my rod is short. So uh, today, I get the opportunity to say Makane, I love you. I am proud to be called your mother. I am proud to be called a pastor in the church. I am excited to be called one of your own. And I am blessed. Thank you so much. And God bless you. Thank you for the time. Can you clap your hands? And I want you to ask the person sitting, standing by you, what's your name? I want to know you. I want to be your friend. Tell the person the name, the name, the name. Yes. Ask the person, what's your name? I want to know you. Yes. Okay, move to a new person and ask the person. Somebody you don't know. So today you are getting a name and a phone number. A name and a phone number. Not just a name. A name and a phone number. 
a name and a phone number. A name and a phone number. Yes. You have 20 more seconds to take the number. I want to be your friend. We'll be texting each other. Yes. Those of you guys who are looking for a lady to pick her number. Clap your hands for Jesus. So my wife's new name is Episcopal Sister Bridget Marian Emuna Ogo. And Emuna means faith. Yes, a Hebrew word for faith. May women of faith arise from among us who believe in things that ordinary men cannot believe in and who achieve things ordinary people cannot achieve. Clap your hands and you may be seated. I have a little time tonight to share the word of God with you. And each time I see you, I believe that a certain a certain voice speaks to me and guides me to minister God's word to you. And I want to welcome those of you who are online also. You are a part of the service. And I want to thank God for the wonderful work Lady Pastor Yvonne Fiafo is doing with our online service. She's doing a very great work. Clap your hands for her. The online congregation, they know her and uh, I feel blessed to have such a pastor doing this work. It is a great blessing. Amen. So, tonight, I remember that before, I mean, the last, the last time I preached here, I taught from this book, If You Love the Lord. And um, I believe that it is a very important subject. And I want to continue to share from this very, very amazing book, which is also a letter our Father has written to us. And I believe that it is important and appropriate that we read this letter to us who are his children. Amen. So, I began from the first chapter which says, if you love the Lord, you are doing the most important thing. And there were some very important points I could not talk about. So today, I want to finish this first chapter because 
there are very powerful pieces of information you need as a Christian to know. Now, the, the first verse which opened the content of chapter 1 is Matthew 22, verse 36. And I'm reading 36, 37, and 38. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. You know, there have been a few times in life I've heard stories of people who began to do something and in the middle they died. In fact, those of you on social media will would have seen a particular video that made some rounds some time ago of people who were speaking. And then in the middle, they just dropped dead. Yes. Somebody is sitting down speaking, and then he drops dead. A driver takes off from point A, driving a car. He's going to point B. But in the middle of the journey, he gets an accident and dies and doesn't arrive at point B. So, When we say something is first, we are saying that it is so important that just in case you die in the middle of what you are doing, you would have done that one before going to do number seven. Because not everybody gets the chance to do number seven or number nine and number eight and number six. So, just in case when you began, you died or something unexpected happened, at least you would have done the first one. That's why things are arranged. The first, the second, the third. And I'm saying that not everybody gets to number four. Of what they are doing. A mother wants to have four children, but can die when she is delivering the second child. 
It's very important to understand what I'm talking about. That I would wish that all of you one day will become great pastors and evangelists. You know, a believer in your 60s preaching to large congregations. But it may not happen. Not everybody will live to 60. So in case you die at 29 or 36, you would have done the first thing that is so important that you can't afford to die not to have done that one. You can't afford to die not to have done that one. That's why when Jesus was asked, he said, in case you don't get the chance to preach, in case you don't get a chance to sing well for the Lord, like Sister Alberta or Brother Francis, in case you don't get a chance to pastor 100 members, at least you would have done number one of loving the Lord. Because when you stand before the Lord, the big thing about your life is your love for God and not the church you pastored. But what do we see? We see now in the church people, first of all, who love the work of God and don't love the God of the work. We see Christians who love attending the church of God. And don't bother to have a relationship with the God of the church. People love singing. So, so you find Christians who enter the church and the first commandment is to learn how to dance. And they dance and dance and sing and sing and usher and usher or sit and sit without the first one. If there is anything you should spend your life doing, it is to love the Lord. Because not everybody gets the chance to do number three. Not everybody gets the chance to do number four. So in our lives, I don't know if you've heard this phrase, to put the cart before the horse. Normally, a horse is in front, and then the cart, C-A-R, not cart, C-A-R-T. The cart is behind the horse. So the horse moves and draws the cart after it. That's the normal arrangement. Horse first and then the cart behind. But for many of us, spiritually, the horse is there and the cart is in front of the horse. And the horse is moving. So the horse is actually pushing the cart with its head. So you will discover 
that many of us sitting here are struggling with our Christian life. You don't mix. You, some of you sitting here, even I can see that. You, you look strange. You look lost. It's like an environment you are not used to. The way somebody is sitting. It's like, if, if some of you even feel that you have come to church for someone. That the person who invited you to church, you've done the person a favor. A big favor. To even dress like, as we close and we are going, they must buy you some chocolates. But ladies and gentlemen, what God requires of us is that we listen to Jesus. So during his first miracle, his mother told the guys there that everything he tells you, do it. You see, I also have had the privilege in my life to be taught by chief examiners in, the, in my, my education. I've written certain exams. Even, even, even secondary school. I remember that, I mean, in, in, in my A-level, I was taught by chief examiners. Pepra in Presec taught me. I was taught by Gok in Physics and other examiners. If in my school, the chemistry teacher was an examiner. When an examiner, a chief examiner is teaching you, he's showing you what you will meet when he meets you. Because he will meet you. It gets even more serious when you are, like I studied medicine. In the medical school, you can have a lecturer who is a, an, a chief examiner. Everywhere that comes up from their mouth is just pa, 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 pa. Those who take their words, they, 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 they do well. Once a while, you have some chief examiners who are wicked. Like in medicine, if you go like the postgraduate, I remember... One <laughs> student was specializing in an area. I don't want to mention the area. And the chief examiner of West Africa was in his department. You know, we have got orthopedics, medicine, urology, gynecology. The chief examiner was the one teaching him every day. But he had a certain instrument that was used in the 40s, 1940s, 50s, 60s. He hid that instrument and never showed his residence. Then he traveled with his residence to Nigeria. I'm preaching to you that we too have a chief examiner. But he's not like the, the ones in town. He sat on a plane with his student. There was one student. 
going to take that final top exam. They chatted. They got to the airport. They, they drank, ate meat pie together. A bus came to pick them from the airport, drove them to the town where they were going to have the exam. They were chatting, talking about the new, where the country they were going to have the exam in and all manner of things. Ladies and gentlemen, when the exam time came and the guy entered the examination room, who should he see? Can you guess who you saw? Who, who, who did he see? His lecturer. He said, Afa. So he saw them. And the lecturer opened his bag and brought out this instrument and put it on the table. And you have sometimes 15, 20 minutes. I've forgotten the moment. For the examination, we are discussing this instrument. The type of sickness, the type of this, different things, different things, preparation of the patient, how it is used and all that. The, the, the exam ended on the second minute. Because the student did not know anything about that particular instrument. He failed and had to write again. You see, but Jesus, who is our chief examiner, has not hidden anything in his bag. He said, many on that day will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, in your name we did this. We cast out devils. We healed the sick. And he will say to them, I never knew you. You see, because, because he has already given you the questions. He showed you the questions that when you go to the exam, this is the question they are asking. It's not wicked. He has not hidden. He said, everything the father has shown me, I've taught you. And the Jesus who is going to examine you on that final day says that among the 14 things you do in the ministry, you work to be made a bishop, you pastor a church, have a branch, have branches, start a church, found a church, and all the things you can do. Make sure that the first thing you will do is to love God. The first thing to do is to love God. With all your heart. With all your soul. But there are some of us here who are yet to even love God. And I'm saying that imagine a horse with its head pushing a cart. When the cart should be behind it and it it should be just cantering and moving and running and galloping and driving it. Don't you think it would be easier for the cart to be behind the horse? It should be dragging it. Or it it would be easier for the horse to be pushing the cart with its head? That's why today we can't find proper people in the church. Not that they are bad, but they are loving the wrong thing first. Even pastors 
are yet to find God to love him. So the pastoring work, when you ask a pastor to do something, it's like you are asking him to donate his two kidneys. That is why today, you cannot get a proper singer who will minister and bring the presence of God because it's called the presence of God. And that person has not even prayed to God for one week. Has no relationship with God. So how can he even know what that cloud is about? So everything is difficult. We go through a little problem and we can't find you. People are around. They find something else that they love. They abandon God. And you wonder. So all this time this person was around. What was he doing? So even such things make you realize that it it, it makes you have a very, very low estimation of people. Very low. It's not even worth your time because the person is not a correct person. Today, I'm taking you back to the chief examiner's admonition. He says that even before you attend church, make sure you know God and you love him. You love him. That's why leaders like us cannot find proper helpers to help us in the church. You see that every, if you are like me, I can, I can see that everybody loves me. Everybody, she loves me, he loves me. All, this, all of you, they love me. I mean, they wish that they, they would do exactly what I want done. But they can't because they, they, they love me and haven't given themselves to God first. You see, but the church in Macedonia, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, if you look at verse 4, verse 5, and thus they did, not as we hoped, but first. These are the Christians who existed before we came. First, they gave their own selves to the Lord. They loved God first. And then to us. So the order is always intact. God first. And then they, that's, they also love their pastor. They love, he went to the place and debt fundraising. I mean, he was shocked by the way they gave. Because that church was known as a very poor church. But the money they collected shocked and shook him. Then as he was analyzing, he realized that no, these guys have look, when you are dealing with somebody who is a lover of God first, 
It's like oil that is flowing. Everything is nice. Everything is easy. But you see a church full of people who love the church first. Who love the bass first. Singers who love singing first. Leaders who love the work they are doing first. Few people have found God first. Few people. This is Bishop Edwin Ogo preaching. Stay tuned. Do you sense an urgency to pray? Is there a burden to wage war spiritually through intense intercession? Then join the online army on the Church in Your House Facebook page this and every Saturday at 4 a.m. Remember, the Facebook address is The Church in Your House with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. This and every Saturday dawn at 4 a.m. Every knee will bow to the power of prayer. Some of you are online. Maybe you've even heard that today I'm in church preaching. You love me. You love my messages. But I tell you, you have changed the order. I want to ask you, do you love God first? How much of your love for God is active? How much love do you have for God? You see Christians who don't pray, but they've got a pastor's phone number. They don't read their Bible, but they know their brother because their brother who put them on the bus buys cake and fish for them. Gives them money for airtime. There is nothing like God on their minds. Nothing like God on their minds. But today, we are learning even if you didn't know, we are learning that we must love God first. Have a relationship with God. And the last time I said, loving the Lord is your most important duty. Number two, loving the Lord is the proper response to God's love. Number three, Loving the Lord is the best preparation for judgment. The message is on my podcast. You can listen to it so that I can go on. Today I'm looking at number four. Then we close. Five. Loving the Lord is the proper response to forgiveness. To forgiveness. Luke 7. Verse 47. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. 
Being forgiven is an amazing act of graciousness from Almighty God. When wrong things are done to you, you are affected mentally, psychologically, socially, and emotionally. People who are harmed are often transformed by the grievous hurt that is inflicted on them. Many films, movies, are based on the fact that people who are harmed by the events of life become revengers of evil. Most movies are vengeance, revenge. Chinese movies. You see, in the beginning, the boy was a little boy and some people came in and killed his father. That's all. That's the movie. Yes. They killed his father. That is the movie. Then the little boy grows up and starts looking for the killers who he finds in a room. Then he goes and fights them and they beat him. That's Chinese movie. He fights them and then they beat him. Then he goes to, to train under a master and then comes back. That's the last show. That's a Chinese movie. <laughs> he meets the last killer. That's the last. Most stories in life are about vengeance. Those who cannot avenge the evil done them curse the evildoers from the bottom of their hearts. Many live and die Wishing to hear an evil report of something horrible happening to their enemies. It's natural. Jesus came along with grace and truth. Jesus came to this world teaching us to forgive and love. He who is forgiving much loves much. But having said all this, about somebody hurting you, somebody offending you, and so on. Listen to this one. It is important to think of yourself as someone who has been forgiven much. If you can think of the things you've done, that if God was to take you on, you won't be sitting in a church as a chorister or in front as a leader of the church. Many of you, if your videos were to be put on YouTube, you, 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 you will commit suicide. You cannot come out of your house. I was sitting with a lady recently. She's relocating to another country. And I told her that I, I, I support what you are doing. I agree. She's relocating to another country because of something about her that came out in the open in the church. Yes, she said she tried to come to church once, twice, but she realizes that no, it's not easy for her. So she wants to move to another country and join a branch of the same church. 
but the country of her original Nigeria, she can she can live there. That's how it is. I'm showing you how certain things you've done have been hidden from the view of your next door neighbor. But if God were to show the world the things you've done, you wouldn't even have the boldness to stand and chat with a friend. You wouldn't even come to church. I want to inform you that in case you didn't know, God has forgiven. For now, let's forget about the people who have done things against you. We know things have been done against you. And people have offended you. But to, right now, for the purpose of this five-minute message, I want you to know that as you sit here, a lot of evil you've done, God has actually washed them and put them in the sea of forgetfulness. That's why you can be here. The Bible says if the Lord was to count our iniquities, who would stand? So he gives us a chance to preach. He gives him a chance to sing. He gives her a chance to take a camera and take pictures. He gives that boy a chance to play instruments. But it's not because, it's not that he doesn't know the things you've done. But in spite of what you've done, his forgiveness and his love for you have made it possible for you to be able to raise your head. To raise your head. And have a a little dignity. Because God has forgiven you so much, it is important to spend your life loving him and serving him. When you find people who leave their jobs to serve God, it's not because they are not getting money. I mean, if I was looking for money, being a pastor is the last business I will do. It suits my dignity to the fullest to present my Mercedes Benz and step out as a consultant radiologist in Beth Israel Hospital. Than to come to the church with a taxi and people think that it's the church's money I've stolen to pay the taxi fare. One day, I took an offering in the church. Many years ago, I was in a certain church to do something in the church. I think it was on Sunday. Monday or Tuesday, I was on a plane to America. When I got there, I got news that news is going around that I took, I raised the funds to buy a plane ticket to travel. I began to clap for Jesus. He said, a slave is not greater than his master. If it was done to me, if I loved people and the title they gave me was Beelzebub, they expect it to be done to you also. I'm just saying to you that when you find people making certain sacrifices for God, 
It's not because they don't have a better option. You see, I tell you that for me personally, a certain strength I have to talk about ministry is also because I'm very educated. Because a lot of pastors don't have education. If God was to sack pastors, <laughs> a lot of pastors won't have any job to do. But by the grace of God, I'm not one of such pastors. By the grace of God. That's, no, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to boast. I'm just saying to you that when you see people like us serving God in spite of the big things we could do in the world, it is because we see the love he has shown us. We see his forgiveness. We see his mercy. That love, I'm telling you that, it can make anybody give up anything. So when you sit in church, and it's difficult for you to even come to church service early, It shows that you don't understand what has been done. It gets worse when you sit in church feeling that you are doing the pastor a favor by being in church. You are doing the pastor a favor by being a basenta leader. Then it shows that you've not understood what God has done for you. That's why I've taken my time to explain to you that you have been forgiven. You've been forgiven. And the one who has been forgiven much has to love much. That's why the woman brought her alabaster box of oil. Everybody has something that is expensive. But normally we hide the expensive things and give God the useless things. It's like the offerings we give. One brother was going to church. He put the hundred dollar bill in his left pocket and one dollar bill in his right pocket. And I think he confused the two. And went for the wrong pocket. He almost had fever. Most people give God the one dollar when they have a hundred dollars. Most people give God the useless parts. Paul calls the dishonorable parts. But this woman brought out her best. She brought out her best. She didn't bring a bottle of Voltec water. When she had the alabaster box. Of precious ointment. God is looking for people who will bring out their alabaster box of precious ointment. Many times when I'm taking offerings, I tell the congregation that don't think the church doesn't deserve big amounts of money. That the church only can do with some five Ghana or two Ghana or two dollars or three pounds. Many of us keep our best and we've done that with money and we are doing that now with our lives, our very lives. 
the best part of your life is kept in town with betting friends, fornicating pornography friends, and then you come to church with your tired body to sleep in the church service and go back refreshed to go to a night club in the night. The reason, sometimes when you are doing something for God, let it be on your mind that God has done so much for me. He's done a lot for me. You see this brother who has lifted his two hands? Lift your two hands again. Not everybody can do this. Not everybody can do this. No, I'm not talking about old men. Young men, younger than me. Not everybody can lift their two hands. There are church members who cannot be in church today because it, they are on admission. Receiving treatment that will last the rest of their lives. I'm talking about Jamaica. Somebody who could have been sitting by you is in the hospital with tubes for the rest of their lives. I had an outdooring a few weeks ago. The Lord just inspired me to speak, to tell the parents that this baby we are naming has been given to you so that you will, you will be able to spend money on God and spend time on God because to have this baby, some have spent $100,000. Now this Saturday morning, as we are here naming this baby, you could have been waiting in a clinic for a gynecologist to come and do undignified things to you. But God spared you. Many of you cannot place any value on your ability to clap your hands. Your ability to stand. Your ability, when you get up, you can get out of your bed. There's a cost to it. God has just delivered you from a problem that could keep you in bed permanently. So if you can get out of your bed and you stand up, you should have to stand up and go and witness or visit a brother because that life you have, it's a life that has been given to you by God as his mercy. So sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, once in a while, what God does is to deprive you of that ability to clap your hands. So you value a life that you can clap your hands. So what God does is he removes your job from you. So you value a life that you can get up from the house and go to work and come. It's something else. Tell your neighbor, God has forgiven you. He has helped you. Say, tell a person, it's not too much. Even in your basenta to be a leader there and to help your leader 
to do something for God. Tell the person, may God be on your mind to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Say, it is the first thing. May you not fail. Loving the Lord is the evidence of God's presence. First John 4 verse 16. Loving the Lord is the evidence of God's presence. Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. When you dwell in God, you dwell in love. Anybody who is loving God has positioned himself at the best place of your life. No arrow can find you. No enemy can touch you. I say, there is a place. I'm, I'm introducing now that the best place even in the kingdom of God, it's not the place of being a pastor or the place of being a singer or the place of being an usher. There is a place. It's just called loving God. If you love God, it means you dwell in his presence. You can sing for him and not be in his presence. Loving the Lord is a sign that God is in you. Loving the Lord is a sign that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is in you. Why are you a Christian? Is it not because you are seeking God? I don't know. Are you a Christian because you are looking for someone to buy airtime for you? Or someone to buy a shirt for you? Or someone to buy kinky for you? I mean, why are you a Christian? Is it not God? Are you not seeking to know God or to find him in your life? Or you are here because you are looking for a boy or a husband or a girl or a wife. I mean, why are you a Christian? I thought that it's because you are looking for God. But not everybody is looking for God. I've lived long enough to know that not everybody in the church, even apparently working in the church, even knows God or loves God. Because especially in the church, that's why the work done outside the church is more, it says more about you than the things you do in the church. The Bible says, prepare your work without. In the church hall, most of the things that happen here are done because of natural talents. Singing, dancing, playing instruments and all these things. Outside, the outreach, I said the outreach, the basenta meeting, that one shows that you love God.
So many times, we even see the maturity of people. Some of you can only perform in the house of God. The only place you can perform is on the stage. You can only sing. If we put singing aside, you are useless. I'll take it again. I went off key. A lot of the things we do in the church, which are important. I'm not trivializing singing in the choir or dancing on the stage, but I'm just saying that a lot of these things, they don't say much about you. They are so light. They are so light. Maybe I'll excuse those with the new believer school who are teaching converts, raising Any work you do, that doesn't make you open a Bible like singing. You don't need to open a Bible to sing. You don't need to open a Bible to dance. You will not believe that this man behind the video camera hasn't read his Bible for two weeks personally on his own. But it's not possible to be a Basenta leader and not open the Bible. And if we are here and it is really God who is on our minds, I'm telling you that you will be more active in the church work outside the church than inside the church. I am more active outside the church than inside the church. God is love. And if God is in you, you will have love. If God is in you and you are in God, you will have love. The love of God will fill you and dominate you. When you are found in the presence of God. Number next, number six. Loving the Lord is the proof that love can be taught. Love can be taught. So don't say that you don't know how to love God. Titus chapter two. Very important scripture that every sister should know about. Verse three. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not giving to much wine, teachers of good things. Next verse. That they may teach the young women to be sober, To love their husbands. To love their children. To teach. To be discreet, chaste. Keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husbands. That the word of God be not blasphemed. I'm saying that as you sit in church, take it that the pastor is teaching you to love God. 
Nobody is born naturally with love for God. If you find somebody loving God, the person has submitted himself to teachings. Love can be taught. The problems we have in marriages and relationships is that people haven't been taught how to love. If you love the Lord, it is probably because you have learned to love him. You can learn to love him. Love can be learned. Love can be taught. You can learn to love the Lord. God is invisible. No one can see God. No one really knows how to love someone we cannot see. We do not even know how to love our fellow human beings. However, we can embark on a project to learn how to love one another and to learn how to love the Lord. I want to say to you, anybody struggling, even leaders and pastors struggling, one day a sister came to me and said, oh, she thinks that the, the Bacenta leaders must be given a break because they are tired. I just, I just looked at her. <laughs> have, you, have, have you asked yourself when the pastor would also take his break? But I'm saying that the reason why a basenta leader can be tired is that he is pushing the cats. Any pastor having a problem with anybody under you, I want you to put as your first diagnosis the absence of love for God. So when you sit down and you see people coming to you with excuses and reasons why you can't do this, this is my problem, I'm going through this, this is my, you're just looking at somebody who is lost, has no love for God. Because what he's saying, you just came from a room and somebody had worse than this person is talking about and is deep. Imagine a woman coming to tell me that she's in labor or she's close to 10. So she can't bust. You can imagine, if you are in this church, you can imagine that I will look at the woman and just laugh at her in my head. You are close to 10. Because she doesn't know that I know a woman whose baby was coming, but she was standing there bussing people to church. Any reason you give for not being able to do something for God or his house is, is a betrayal of the absence of, I'm telling you that if you love God, there is nothing that will be difficult for you to do. You can learn anything. 
Many things can be learned. Spiritual things can be taught. Even obedience is not natural. Obedience to obey. You can learn how to obey God. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 8. The Bible says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned it. I'm telling you that your, your, your inability to love God is not because you don't know. Because if you really wanted to love God well, you would have learned how to love. When you see somebody obeying God, it's not because the person is naturally submissive. We have learned to obey. When God, Jesus sent his disciples in Matthew 28, verse 18, verse 19, verse 20, which we call the Great Commission, among the things he sent them to do was to teach them to obey. Matthew 28, verse 20. Teaching them, if you look at other translations, can I have the New American Standard Bible? Other translations. New Living Translation. Yes, and teaching them to obey everything. So when people under you are not obedient, it's not because they are devils, it's not because they are wicked people, it's because you have not taught them to obey. All my life, I spend the time. I'm saying to you that spiritual things, nobody was born with holiness in his mouth. Nobody was born to love preaching. I've learned to do what I'm doing. And that's one pastor will say, if you are interested, he always prefixes his things. If you are interested. If you are interested. And the truth is that people are not interested. And they will come up with all kinds of cock and bull stories. But if you are a little, uh, you have a little insight, you can tell that this person is just not ready to even follow God. Teaching them to obey. Which means that if obedience can be taught, it means obedience can be learned. So somebody can even teach you, but you are not willing to learn. I cannot count how many times I've taught my leaders, shepherds, how to do the work. The things I have posted on WhatsApp pages in this church can be put into a book. At a point, I was even giving them daily teachings on a subject for one month. But they were not ready because they were not interested. I'm saying today, listen to me, anything you find yourself not being able to do, think of two things. Either somebody hasn't taught you or you haven't been willing and ready to learn. You can actually be a lover of God. 
If you are interested. If you are interested, you can be a lover of God. Your life, your walk with God can change totally from this type of Christian life to another life. You can do more than you are doing. You can sing more. You can preach better. You can do, you can do more. I'm saying that love, 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 even I would have thought that like, like a woman who has found a man, I thought, I mean, that's for feelings there. Uh, feelings, you know I mean? Obia feelings. That's for love there. I mean, you don't need a woman, a grown-up woman, because most grown-up women have even forgotten about loving their husbands anyway to even teach the younger ones to love. I thought that even the younger ones should even be the ones to teach their mothers how to love. But apparently, it's not so. It's not so. It's not so. It's not natural. You can find the most selfish wife, a young girl who is just married, the most selfish girl, will not even think of her husband's breakfast. Herself. If you are watching me and loving God is difficult for you, go and find out how to learn to love God. Somebody can teach you. Even in this church now, for the rest of the months, to the next, to the end of the year, we are putting a pause on a lot of things to teach leaders how to love because we have realized that in many cases the cat is in front of the horse a lot of the difficulties we have is that people have not been taught how to love God how to have a relationship with God yes so for the rest of the year we are embarking on a new program to teach people to love God before we tell them to go and do evangelism. I want to tell you, please look at me. Your life can be a lot better than it is now. And finally, loving God is the goal of all ministry is a goal of all ministry. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. First Timothy chapter 1. But the goal, the goal of our instruction is love. <laughs> from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. The goal. The goal. The New Living Translation also puts it in another way. It says, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love. That comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. That's the purpose. I tell you, 
if we had love for God, oh, and now my mind has even been taken to Romans chapter 8, the words of Paul, lessen the things that cannot drown his love. He asked the question, what is it that can prevent me from the love of God? You see, when you've learned to love God, hides When you meet people who says that they can't become basenta leaders because of tribulation, you've learned by the grace of God to meet somebody who doesn't love God. Because when someone loves God, afflictions cannot stop him. Who shall separate us from the love of Is it tribulation? Is it distress? Is it persecution? So when you see somebody who says that he can't come to church because of farming, he's hungry, or he doesn't have clothes. I'm sorry you've heard somebody who says, I can't come because I'm not well dressed, I don't have clothes. Yes, but you see that the person doesn't have love. Once you don't have love, then these things become the things that direct you. So you now move away from God to the place where you can get clothes or food. But the man who loves God first, nakedness cannot stop him. Persecution cannot stop him. A sword. They beat the disciples and told them never to be found in the marketplaces preaching in that name and they asked them the question that you yourself should tell us who should we obey you more than God when you meet somebody who loves God you have met a, a, a more radicalized Christian than in other religions what's our separate us Verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in all these things, we are more. Not because I got a job at Vinare. Not because in all this, like a, a visa to... Uh, Chattanooga. In all these things. Which things? Difficulties. Nakedness. Peril. Famine. We are more than conquerors. Why? Because of the one who loved us. Then he goes on and gives another list. So I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. What I'm going through now, or what will come later, I don't care. No heights. No matter how rich or high, you find people, because of the money they have, they can even insult a pastor publicly. 
But Paul said, of course, anybody who can insult a pastor publicly has no love for God. If you love God, you will not. Christ told him, if you love my father, you will not do what you are doing today. No height, no depth, no any other creature, nothing, no girl. I'll meet a sexy girl, but she can't floor me because, but Joseph met a sexy girl. Joseph met a sexy girl. Was she able to bring him down? He said, no. He said, I can't do this with you and sin against God. No height. No depth. No any other creature, including your former boyfriend, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I pray for you today that your love for God will be the first thing before you come out of your room to rehearse a song, a dance, to do outreach. When you step out, may we be able to assume that you are already on the foundation of love. Yes. Yes. The goal of ministry is that we will love God. Take me back to that verse. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart. Why are we teaching the word of God? Why are we ministering? What is the aim of all our pastoral work? What is the aim of our ministry? The aim of ministry is to love. That's why we can say they go from strength to strength. All those who present themselves in Zion. As we behold his image, we are changed from glory to glory. That is how come we can live and the older we are, the more more our strength, the older, I would have thought that the younger ones will have energy. But energy is not from age. It's from love. When you love God, you are energized. You don't sit in church with sleepy faces and sleepy eyes. Why? Are you experiencing all the things you are experiencing? What does God want for you? What is God trying to teach you? He's trying to teach you to love him. Some of the bad things you have experienced have been as a result of your failure to love God. Yes. The bumps in your life were allowed to happen to bring you to a place where you will love God and no one else. I know it. As a pastor, there was a time in my life I realized that I was loving people more than loving God. And the very people I was pouring love on they showed me that I was a fool. So these days I don't care. But you are young in the ministry, so you grow up to understand. The 
the goal of God's instruction in your life is to get you to love the Lord. Bishop says, I've had some terrible experiences in my life. There are times I've wondered what God was trying to do in my life. I recognize today that all has been, he has been doing is to get me to love him with all my heart. It's so true. It's so true. Until you've gone through some things, you won't even know who a human being. When I, when I see a human being, I see more than you are seeing. Yes. But you, you feel old. So some of you go by the words of people. The words. The things people say. Nice words. Sweet words. That's so where a girl will follow a man's nice words and marry a man because he speaks nicely. Yes. But the more you grow, you see people differently. Why? Because you've been through sinazos. You've been through things that have taught you that, Charlie, when you wake up here, don't bother about replying a text. But bother about praying to God, singing a song, reading his word, and saying you love him before you even reply some of these texts. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> it's not everything I can say. Today, I want to tell you, later on we'll look at other reasons to love God. But today, I came to tell you that loving God is very, very important. Very, very important. And the biggest lesson is that learn how to love God. Let someone teach you. Love can be taught. It's difficult for you to obey your pastor, to obey instructions. Let someone teach you and be ready to learn if you are interested. Rise to your feet. Let's go through the points. Do you have number one? Or you began from number four? If you love the Lord, you are doing the most important thing. Let's read number one. Loving the Lord. Is the most important duty to God. Number two, loving the Lord is the proper response to God's love. Number three, loving the Lord is the best preparation for judgment. Number four, loving the Lord is the proper response to forgiveness. Number five, loving the Lord is the evidence of God's presence. Number six, loving the Lord is the proof that love can be taught. And number seven, loving God is the goal of all ministry. All your ministry experiences, the anointing, healing miracles, bad experiences, betrayal, treachery, all of it is to get you to love the Lord. Lift your two hands. And speak to the Lord. Oh, yes. Leko Shadaba. Lord, we pray. Kato Shadaba. That Lord will love you. Kasho Tededo Shekete. Speak to the Lord. 
The Lord will love you. Everybody speaks to the Lord. Lord will love you. Kashote. Reka dabo shakatayama. Lika shotebe. Lika shatayama. Lika dadoshe. Lepra santonimo sheketonima. Livra sanama. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Everyone close your eyes and everyone bow your heads. If you are here today, you are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Pastor, please. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to be born again. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You can love him. I've preached to you. You can respond by saying to Jesus, I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. If you want to receive him in your heart as your master and your Lord. I've seen somebody's hand already. But if you want to lift your hands, lift your hands. I want to see your hand. You want me to pray with you to give your life to Jesus. Online. I see your hand. I see your hand. Lift it high. Pastor, pray with me. I want to be born again. I want to know Jesus as my savior. Lift your hand high. If your hand is up, I want you to come to me here. I want you to come to me here. Come. Let me pray with you. Come on to Jesus. Thank you. God bless you. Can you lift your two hands? Let me lead you in a prayer. Say after me. Please lift your hands. Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for today. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I realize I am a sinner. I realize I am a sinner. You've done so much for me. You've done so much for me. But I've not responded well. But I've not responded well. Today I come to you. Today I've come to you. Please wash my sins. Please wash my sins. Please cleanse me. Please cleanse me. With the blood of Jesus. With the blood of Jesus. And write my name. And write my name. In the book of life. The book of life. I want to be your child. I want to be your child. I'm turning away. I'm turning away from sin. From sin. From worldliness. From worldliness. And I am now going to be established. And I'm now going to be established in your house. In your house. In holiness. In holiness. In good relationship. In good relationship. I thank you. I thank you for your mercy. For your mercy. And for your faith. And for your faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations for the step you've taken. You may not even understand very well what you've done. That is why I've got pastors who will explain what you've done, the step, and even pray again with you. And now start a journey of caring for you, a journey of teaching you, praying for you, loving you, correcting you, Till you are solidly in Christ as a believer. A believer who reads his Bible. A believer who loves to come to church. But they are going to solve the loving God first problem. And bring you to a place of a relationship with God personally. Before anything else. 
So you see them, they are standing there. Can you see that they are waving their hands? The two of them, they are, can you see they are waving their hands? I want us to come. Let's go to the marketplace. God bless you. Clap your hands for them. Oh, keep clapping your hands for them. Keep clapping your hands for them. Yes. And take your communion. I want us to have communion together today. Thank you. Take out your communion. And take your bread out. Lift your bread now. And say, this is the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ. Say, this is the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ. As I eat it. As I eat it. I receive healing. I receive healing. Of my body. Of my body. Of my life. Of my life. But most importantly. Most importantly. As I eat this. As I eat this. May it remind me. May it remind me. Of the love God has for me. Of the love God has for me. That made him send Jesus. That made him send Jesus. To die for me. To die for me. Say the body of Christ. The body of Christ. To help me to remember. To help me to remember. That I have been loved. That I have been loved. So I can love. So I can love. The body of Jesus. The body of Jesus. Let's eat it. Say the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Say it contains everything. It contains everything. That I need. That I need. To love God. To love God. To serve him. To serve him. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. For my protection. For my protection. I say as I go home. As I go home. No evil can touch me. No evil can touch me. Because the blood. Because the blood. Protects me. Protects me. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Let's drink. If you can lift your two hands, you want to pray? Pray for yourself. Lord, let this meal draw me closer to you. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Let this meal cause me to know you more. Yes. Yes, Lord. Let this meal cause me to love you more. Yes, let this man draw me closer. I can't be far from you. Yes, yes, I can't be far. When I have this meal. Draw me closer. Oh, yes. The blood of Jesus. To you, oh God. The body of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Now I pray for you. Yes. That you receive healing for your body. Amen. You receive healing for your body. Amen. Deliverance from evil. Amen. Whatever has been planned against your Jesus. life, may your faith in God Jesus. give you victory over difficulties. Amen. May your faith in God 
as we've eaten this bread and drank this wine, Jesus. may you be steadfast in your walk with God. Amen. May your love for God be intact and strong. Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For your great mercy. Oh, yes. And your great love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.